Unlimited Influence podcast, episode 44. Are you a coach or consultant who wants everyone to know who you are? Head over to theaccelerantgroup.com and grab your free copy of the Brand Builder Formula. Get ready to accelerate your business results. everyone, Samantha Riley here and I'm super excited to be welcoming today's featured guest, Nathan Chan. Nathan is the publisher and editor of Founder Magazine, a digital magazine for young entrepreneurs on the App Store and Google Play Store. Nathan launched Founder in March 2013 from his bedroom and in a small period of time, it has become a top 10 ranked business and investing magazine on the App Store. As publisher of Founder, Nathan was a runner-up for Publisher of the Year in 2015 in the Digital Magazine Awards. He's had the pleasure of interviewing some of the most accomplished entrepreneurs around the world, namely Sir Richard Branson, Ariana Huffington, Tim Ferriss, Barbara Corcoran, Tony Robbins, Seth Godin, and much more. Welcome to the show, Nathan. It's so awesome to have you here. Thank you so much for having me, Samantha. It's an absolute pleasure, and uh, thank you for the uh, humbling introduction. You make me sound really cool. Well, I'm thinking that's a pretty cool lineup of people that you've interviewed. So, (laughs) very exciting. I'm really looking forward to um, the value bombs that you'll be sharing with us today. But that was a very brief intro. That's not exactly, you know, everything about you. So, I'd love you to pull back the curtain a little and give us a sneak peek into who you are and what makes you tick. Yeah, sure thing. So... I'm 30 years old, just turned 30, um, starting to lose my hair, which is a little depressing, but I'm still working through that. I run a company called Founder. We're a digital media company, and uh, we're much more than a magazine now. I uh, you know, started it uh, for close to four years ago now. I'm closing it on four years, and I started while I was working my day job. Uh, my day job and background uh, was in IT support, so mm-hmm. that was that was what I was doing um, before I started Founder. I was working in a travel company. So before before that, yeah, I'm born and raised in hometown Melbourne, Australia. Like to have a laugh, like to watch horse racing, go to the races, like, like spring carnival, uh, like food, going out for di- nice dinners. What else do I like to do? Hang out with friends, love talking business these days. Uh, that's, all, that's what I'm pretty obsessed with. Enjoy traveling. I travel a lot, uh, probably a little more, just slightly since I started Founder. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that's me in a nutshell. Yeah, bootstrapped the the company uh, with literally a few thousand dollars. Now we're multiple seven figure business. Congratulations, straight up. That is an awesome. Well, we can say success story, but it's it's only a little part of the story. But I'd love to know, you were in IT support. What inspired you to start a magazine for young entrepreneurs? A few reasons. One, because I'd, I'd been looking to find work that I was passionate about. So I selfishly launched a product that was scratching an itch of mine, my own, mm-hmm. and identified that there wasn't a publication in the space that uh, really spoke to or brand, um, but I didn't even know what a brand was at that time. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird looking back, but um, I had no idea what I was doing. Um, still don't really that much, <laughs> yeah, just, just working it out. Do any of us? <laughs> <laughs> That's right, yeah. So, um, 
Yeah, just I, I identified there wasn't really a publication in the space or a brand or a media media company that that spoke to young aspiring early stage novice entrepreneurs. Now there's a few brands out there now, but back then there wasn't. Mm-hmm. And um, I launched this magazine from humble beginnings, and I didn't uh, expect anything. I didn't know how far it would go. I didn't have big dreams, big visions like I do now where I want to build a company that impacts the lives of tens of millions of people on a monthly basis. I didn't know any of that. I didn't think that far ahead. All I really wanted to do quite selfishly, Samantha, was find work that I was passionate about, create this magazine, put a little bit of a dent into the you know what I felt wasn't out there in the space and for myself, find out what it takes to build and grow a successful business and share that through the magazine and leave my day job and do do work that I was passionate about because I really enjoyed marketing. Mm-hmm. I went back to university. I did a master's in marketing and no one would hire me. So that was really frustrating and I was just so frustrated. And I knew that, I guess, deep down that I could do so much more. I'll bet you're glad now that no one hired you. Just a guess. <laughs> Yeah, of course. Who knows what might have happened, right? Yeah, you know? absolutely. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe might have, you know, really worked my way up to be like a, you know, chief marketing officer by now. Who knows? Mm. You know, it's yeah. It's so, interesting. Yeah, absolutely. So at at twenty six, knowing what you know now, because it's been a, a massive journey that that founder and you have been on. Do you think that ignorance is bliss? Not knowing, you know, what you were doing. Yeah, hundred percent. I think that's how. That's how disruptive companies are born. And I'm not saying that our media company is super disruptive, like how Elon Musk is disrupting the car industry with Tesla. But we are doing things that most media and publishing and content players and companies aren't doing because we just don't know. Like we just do what feels right. Mm. And that's, you know, that's how all these companies are born. Like, Elon Musk, case in point, he didn't know anything about building cars. He didn't know anything about you know designing rocket ships. So he just works it out himself and yeah. does it how he feels he, he it should be done. And that's that's how disruptive companies are born. Same with Uber. Travis thought it was just absolute rubbish. It's so difficult to get a cab. He didn't have any background in that industry. And they, now you've got Uber. You know what I mean? Same yeah. with you know, Airbnb. These guys, I doubt. I don't know uh, Brian Chesky's. I think I think it's Scott or Brian. I think, no, I sorry, I forget the Airbnb founders. I get them mixed up. But well, I can't help you out there the either. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I didn't, they didn't know anything. I doubt they knew anything about the space. So this is how most of these disruptive companies are born. Is mm. is actually ignorance is really powerful because you you don't come in with any preconceived notions that you have to do it this way or it's mm. always done this way. It's like let's do what feels right. Let's do what people say, let's listen to people, let's understand what their problem is, let's get them in, let's speak to them. And, um, you know, yeah, you have to have some sort of, you know, um, gut instinct around following that. Yeah, and I love that you shared that because it's something I share a lot. I started my first business at 19 and had no idea what I was doing, but it was actually the greatest gift because I tried so many things and just did it my way, whichever way I thought was good. And far out, failed a ton, but was able to move very, very quickly. And there's no copying of other people. And I don't, out on social media, lots of people are saying, oh, so-and-so's copied so-and-so. And I don't necessarily think that people go out to essentially copy people. Like some people do, but other people just, they go, oh, that's the way it's done. We'll copy that. 
But when you're when you're going by gut instinct and just flying by the seat of your pants and you don't know any better, you come up with something that's really quite different. Mm, I agree. And, you know, copying isn't that bad of a thing. I must mention, like, I was reading an article last night about um, how, you know, Instagram stories is actually becoming more powerful than Snapchat now. And that's a that's a blatant copy of Snapchat <laughs> stories. Yeah. So it doesn't it can't it can't copying can't always be perceived as a bad thing. I just want to raise that. That's something yes. I've found from experience. Yeah. I think though there's a difference between straight out copying and modeling. And, and there is a little bit of a distinction. It's like, well, I'm not going to do exactly your thing in your way because it won't work for me. But I could yeah, take 100%. parts of it and go, well, that's working. And now I can infuse my, you know, my genius zone, my flavor and turn that into something. So more modeling, I guess, because mm. there's nothing. I, well, I don't believe apart from someone like Elon Musk, possibly, but even him, there's nothing that's really 100% unique and brand new in the world. They're, yeah, 100%, they're, I agree. Yeah, they're all, you know, it's all been done. It's just what way are you collating your information and, and doing your thing and getting it out into the world? Yeah, no, I agree. Lovely. So I'd love to go back to the point where you left your your job and went into founder. I'd love you to take us on that journey. Was it something that happened over time? Did you just wake up one morning and say, I'm going to quit my job and make the move over? And you know, how did it feel to you? Was it a scary time? Was it, you know, just take us on that journey. Okay. So I started Founder March 2013 and I didn't leave my day job until around March, April 2014. Mm -hmm. And during that time period, I was working a lot of sleepless nights. (laughs) No, not that much sleep. And I... Built it up so I could replace my operating costs, I cover my operating costs, replace my personal income from my day job, and I also had six months' worth of savings in the bank mm-hmm. because I've never worked back then. I was really bad with money. Mm-hmm. Um, I always had credit debt and all that stuff, so I had no debt, you know, nothing, and um, went cold. And it was terrifying, right? Um, it was really, really scary. One of the scariest things. Yeah, definitely one of the scariest things I've ever done. It's funny when you look back and you're outside of it all, right? Now now you work full-time. You, you've been obviously working full-time on building businesses a lot longer than me, and you think to yourself, wow, if, if I go bankrupt, you know, everything I have in my mind, what's the worst thing that can happen? One, I can go get a job quite easily. Mm. And then two um, – you know, you can you can you can hustle up something very quickly, right? Like yes. even like, you know, you could even drive for an Uber, right? You can yes. drive Ubers. Like you can do all sorts of things nowadays. So it's funny how scary it was, though. Like I actually had to have. Um, I had a. I remember just before I left, I had a catch up with the CEO of the company, and he's a mentor of mine. Incredible guy, Darrell Wade, runs uh, in a company called Intrepid Travel. He told me I was ready. He said, Nathan, I think you're ready to leave. And I said, I'm really scared. And he said, what's the worst that can happen if if you fall on your face and it doesn't work out? You've always got a job here. Mm. <laughs> like how much more reassurance do you need, right? The That's CEO pretty of your, awesome. Of the company you're working at yeah. respects you so much that he says you've got a job, just go out and go get it done. Yes. You know, go out and go, you know, go out and, and, and follow your passion, follow your dreams and, and have fun. Yeah. Um, and if, if, you fail on your fa- if you fall on your face and fail, you can – come back and and funnily enough 
the people that 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 have the the, the ones that that fall on their face i find for i found from experience and the people that i've come across the ones that actually fall on their face are the ones that leave their job with no idea what to do and the only way they make it work is if we, is with serious guidance from someone else. Mm-hmm. Because when you're on your own and you've got no idea what you're doing, you're trying to work it out all by yourself and you've got no income coming in, it's extremely stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, I was never in that situation, but it would be. It would be even more stressful than I can actually leaving your job because I don't like risk. And um, when you've got no idea, you, you're just kind of drowning, you know, mm, you're just mm. trying to get, get you just, so yeah, I, I always reckon the best way to do it is at least start it on the side or at least have a little bit of cash flow coming in for a little bit. So you can validate the product. You've got some paying customers, get some paying customers. I think that's, you know, that's kind of where it's at. Um, but some people, you know, I've seen, they, you know, I have have seen and, from experience, it's worked where they've just gone cold and they've made it work. But the one, the ones where it doesn't work and they have to go back to a day job is generally the ones that, that leave with nothing. Mm, mm. I think that it is really important to say what is the worst thing that can happen. But also, don't just say that, but be really aware of what, what's happening moving forward. Because I remember having that discussion um, with my now ex-husband back then and we sort of went, okay, well, what is the worst that can happen? And we just built a brand new house. So obviously the worst that we felt that oh, could wow. happen was that, that we would have to sell the house. But we were very calculated and we knew that. It wasn't like a big surprise because, and I don't know if you've got the same um, experience here, but when we opened our business, it cost us 10 times what we had predicted that it would cost us. Because things do go wrong, things do blow out of budget when you do have no idea what you're doing. And this was, you know, 24 years ago. It was a retail business. We had product. We had, you know, we made a silly decision on one of our commercial leases, but we did know exactly what had to happen if things went to, went wrong. So we could sit down and go, okay, well, we've got to make the decision. Do we sell the house now? Because we can foresee in, you know, six weeks time, there's going to be an issue or two months time. So really understanding where you're at and what could go wrong, not just blindly crossing your fingers and jumping off. You know, we all make the, the joke about, you know, entrepreneurs jump off the cliff and, and build the plane on the way down, but you kind of need to know where the parts for those planes are, right? Yeah, you've got to have kind of backup triggers in place and option, you know, plan B, C, D, and E, you know, you, you just, that, that's where it's at, you know? Um, so yeah, I agree, but, and I agree that it definitely costs more, you know, everything costs more than your budget for usually, <laughs> you know? I got one guy saying it's going to cost, you know, X amount of dollars to, because we're going to start doubling, we're going to not double down, we're going to start getting into um, video content quite heavily. Mm. And um, we want to do some YouTube TV series. And, um, you know, this guy found us and uh, he, it's it's just ha- so cool happens that he wants to do some too for fun. And, and he's giving us a bit of a quote. I don't know whether he's lead prospecting or not. I have no idea. But, you know, the quote that he gave me, I'm sure would probably be, more than what what uh, he, he thinks, you know, in the end. Um, mm. it, it, that always happens, you know. Mm. And things happen unexpectedly. I remember, and, you know, and you've interviewed Sir Richard Branson, but I remember reading in his autobiography the, the night that he thought he was going to lose Virgin Airlines because the bank had rescinded on his loans. And, mm. you know, he was, he was working, working. He didn't expect that was going to happen. So you always need to be you know, one step ahead and you need to know how far you're going to go to get through that as well. 
Yeah, I agree. You know, it's funny. One of my mentors said to me, he said, if you, you know, Nathan, um, you haven't experienced the, the hard, like he said, you have experienced hard times with founder. Like I've, I've gone through a lawsuit. I've gone through all the bits and pieces, but he said, there's still much harder times to come. He said, you haven't experienced them yet. And he said to me that, um, he said most, he said from his experience, what he finds is most of the time, if you're not experiencing any hard times, you're actually not pushing hard enough. Oh, <laughs> something I say. Oh, it's brilliant. I say it all the time too. I 100% believe that mm. because you're not really tapping into your resourcefulness. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, and also you, when you're not feeling the pain, you're not learning the lessons in the same way. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Awesome. Well, Nathan, I'd love you to share. Has it been important – for you to build your personal brand to leverage the growth of founder? That's a really interesting one because, to be honest with you, Samantha, I'm not actually very big on building a personal brand, mm -hmm. believe it or not. Mm -hmm. I have no interest in being the man or the guy or some legend or some superstar or, or stroking my ego. Honestly, mm -hmm. I just want to build founder. Yep. And I don't really want it to be all about me, but I've had to definitely go out there and say, my name is Nathan Chan. This is what I'm making. This is what we're doing. This is what's working because it's in the ethos and in the culture of the brand and in our values that we, we share, mm. we share and, and, and education is key and everything. If you want to become a successful entrepreneur and learning and growth. So yeah, look, I think it has helped. I ha I will tell you this, though, Samantha, that you might find interesting is I've never deliberately said I'm going to build Nathan Chan. I want everyone to know, or I want people to know Nathan Chan because that's what's going to grow founder. Mm -hmm. I've just looked at it and been like, okay, well, this this is how it all came about. I just looked at it and was like, okay, we're producing a magazine, we're doing interviews. We're doing audio recordings of these interviews. We're putting them inside the magazine. Okay, why don't we just repurpose that content and put it into a podcast? Mm. Okay, let's launch that podcast. Oh, let's do it on a consistent basis. Let's get, you know, keep get using the magazine to get all these amazing front cover interviews and then in, in turn showcasing these amazing audio interviews in the podcast that people and people started loving it and, you know, we started building a bit of traction in that in that space and then, and then, you know, I identified that there were certain podcasts that our target audience hung out and that would listen to. And I want to get on those podcasts because I want to talk about founder. Mm -hmm. So then that's what I eventually did. And, you know, I worked, worked my way up and, and you know, just networked and did all these things and, and, and made up enough of a name for founder and our work that people did want us to go onto their podcast. And then, and then now, like every time I speak to someone, I say, how do you fear, hear about us? And they are quite often say a podcast or a blog post or something. And, um, people want content. So, you know, we give them content, usually me or somebody in my team, generally me, where it's like, okay, how, how did, how did you guys get to zero to, zero to close to a million followers on Instagram in two years. How did you do this? How did you do that? How did you get these interviews? And and it's usually me answering those questions. So then people read about that awesome gold content and they go and check out Founder. So um, it's never been like, oh, let's let's bring as many people attention to Nathan. It's more how can we where, – where is our audience hanging out? 
what, what, where can we, how can we grow founder? What do we need to do? And then it's just kind of been me just there being just like a Richard Branson would the voice of the brand or, or saying the spokesperson for the brand and the leader because mm. it need this brand that I'm building. It needs a leader. Mm-hmm. That's part of the differentiation in this space. You know, you don't know who the CEO or founder of entrepreneur magazine is Forbes magazine, or, nor do you really care that much. You know what I mean? Yeah, abso- yeah, 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 so, absolutely. So, so that is why I, I do have a little bit of a personal brand per se. But with full transparency, Samantha, I'm actually look at looking at getting out of all of that stuff because it's not scalable for me to build, you know, f- build founder faster. Yes. It's not scalable for me to do interviews all the time. I'll do, I'll do like I'll, I need to, you know still do them but not that not as many as I'm doing now and definitely for me not to do the interviews for the podcast anymore all these things right because you know it's yeah you only got so many hours in a day so my personal brand will probably take a little bit of a step back once I start to because my one of my goals this year is to actually you know set up an office in LA get a you know a studio there and we can just do interviews video interviews and hire two hotshot journalists and they can do a lot of the interviews I'll still do some but mm. I'll start to phase myself out and yeah people might be upset about that because they like to listen to the founder podcast with Nathan and you know they, that's what they like about founder they might like me but you know founder is essentially a reflection of my findings and what I believe and the way I see the world and and the kind of company I want to build. So there'll still be Nathan all through founder, you know, there's still, there's still Steve Jobs every time you pick up your iPhone, you know, unfortunately passed away. But yeah, so does that answer your question? It it totally does. And what I'm hearing or the message that I'm hearing there is to be very, very clear on what it is that you want your business to be like, what you want your lifestyle to be like, the things that are important to you, and to be moving towards that and not necessarily doing something that, you know, other people say, do it this way. You have a very, you've got a vision of where you want founder to go. You've got a vision of what you want your lifestyle to be like, and you're doing it your way, not what other people think are saying that you should do. Yeah, that's right. So I think another thing to actually mention, Samantha, is the personal brand is rising at a rapid rate, especially because of, and when I say, what I mean by this is like you look at tools like Snapchat or YouTube or Instagram stories, Periscope, like all these live streaming, all these tools are really centered and focused around an online personality. And you see more and more the people becoming famous from YouTube, famous from Instagram. They're, they're a full-time blogger or they're a full-time influencer and all this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And I think what sometimes people get that confused with is, you know, you do build your personal brand. Like, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk's a perfect example of mm-hmm. how you can use your, your personal brand to rapidly grow a business. You know, that's how he's built it into a $100 million agency because he gets all these killer clients from it. Yes, but it comes down to the kind of business that you want to build. Mm-hmm. For me, you know, I, 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 if I did do this, Samantha, because I want to build, I want to build a startup. I want to build an asset-based business. So I, it can't be centered around me, and that's what. And I'm only focused on founder. So 
I I vent, I I can't make founder focused 100% around me. It can be a little bit, but you know I can't make it super focused around me because I want to build an asset business. I don't want to build a cash flow based business. But mm-hmm. let's just say I wanted to build a lifestyle based business, cash flow based business. I could go out there and I'll hustle as hard as possible. You go to you go to my website. It'll be nathanchan.com, and I can sell coaching. I can sell courses. I can do this. I can do that. And um, you know, I'm super focused on my personal brand. It just kind of also intertwines with the kind of business you're trying to build, but also the way the world is moving and the and the social media tools uh, with influencers and and really, I guess, um, making it more and more easy to build a personal brand that the way the world is moving. Mm. So I love the way that you've articulated it, and I've I've never heard anyone articulate it that way before. So thank you so much for sharing it that way. I, I believe that our personal brand builds trust with our brand of whatever it is that we're doing because, you know, as the world's changing, we, we, we feel like we want to know that person and trust them a little bit more. However, you know, you did bring up Snapchat and there's, I feel that a lot of people, uh, younger people that are coming into the market and using these social media channels are almost trying to build a brand around they just want to be famous being famous. And not necessarily using their personal brand to, as a voice to a message that, that should be shared for the greater good or to create an impact in the world. Yeah, look, I 100% agree. And it's a, it's a strong distinction. I agree with you 100% that having a personal, like having a personal brand attached to your business, it humanizes you. And, Mm. you know, for, for, for founder, I will always be there and, and I will always be the leader and people will know that. Um, but I can't be the product. That's, I guess, what I'm trying to say yes. for the business I'm trying to build. Yes. Um, and I agree that having a personal brand definitely builds trust. And I also agree that there's a strong distinction that people need to make because the way the world is moving, everyone's trying to worry about Snapchat and all these other platforms, right? And if you run a B2B SaaS company, I don't know whether that many of your customers are going to follow you on Snapchat <laughs> or you're going to get that much traction. Yeah. But because that's what everyone says the platform is, they want to be an influencer on Snapchat and they want to be the first. Everyone wants to be the first and mm. all this other rubbish. So, so I think it it really comes back to what I was saying before. It comes down to the kind of business you want to build. And then you can decide how you're going to do a personal brand play if that's what you want to do. If if you want to build a cash flow based business and make you know and you are the business and you are the product, then you've got to use those tools, right? Mm. You have to. Yes. But if you want to build an asset based business where you're not the product, you can get out there, you can be a spokesperson, but you have to understand that every you know the time that you're spending building your personal brand could be spent building the product mm. and yes that might you know de- yes that definitely you need a leader yes definitely you need to be you can build trust and and, and you know you're going to attract more people but you have to do it in the right places because it all has to go off the purpose of you know making an impact and and your business's you know purpose and goals and dreams and visions you know what i mean yeah absolutely so it has to be tightly aligned and i agree that a lot of people want to just be an influencer or, you know what I mean? And, and, and uh, I, I, I don't agree with that because that's not a business. Yes. And I, and that, that's just how I, that's, that's, uh, I like building. Uh, that's what I like to do. I, I'm obsessed with businesses and startups. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's the way I see. It. I'm not interested. In, and I know some people might think, you know, cause they see my face everywhere. 
around some, certain places in, in this market that they might think that I'm really trying to grow my personal brand. And it's, it's not the case. Um, yeah. Yeah. So for someone that's listening that that wants to build an asset based business, what is what are three ways or um, that you could or um, suggest that they build that brand? And maybe you know, is it leveraging their personal brand? Is there another way to do it better? What's your three greatest growth strategies with founder? Ooh, that's a really tricky question because it depends on the kind of business, right? Like, it really depends. You know, I, I consider like um, Gary Vaynerchuk's agency an asset-based business. It's a service-based business, um, and that strategy that he's doing is obviously working really, really well. Off the back of a, a very, yeah. very one of the strongest entrepreneur um, personal, personal brands, brand. yeah. yeah, right now, like yeah, he, yeah, he he is very relevant. I would look. In this space, I would say he is one of the top three or top five most relevant people in this space in terms of um, people listening to, people watching, and people are following. So yeah, like you know, he's doing it, he's doing it very very well, man. So sorry, not oh, man. I don't know why I said that. Sorry, Samantha. <laughs> no, I'm I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking while I wasn't speaking. Um, so um. I love yeah, that. It means so, you're getting yeah, he's passionate. doing very, yeah, yeah, he's very, he's doing very, he's doing it very, very well. But you know, if you want to build, let's say you want to build an e-commerce business, right? Mm-hmm. And you want to sell physical products. Let's say you want to sell coffee scrubs. Mm-hmm. Probably, to be honest with you, Samantha, and that's an asset-based business that yes. you are not the product. That's a com- that's a company that could be sold one day, and you're not the product. Well, you probably don't really need to build your personal brand, right? All you got to do is is focus on moving more product, focus on distribution channels, focus on you know fulfillment and cash flow because those businesses are very cash flow in, in, um, intensive, and you've got to work on growth channels, marketing channels, customer service is a big one. So you know what I mean? Like you probably wouldn't even need to worry about your personal brand so much, right? Yeah, which is interesting because um, one of my very first businesses was a local retail store. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we sold dancewear. The dance industry is quite insular. Every, you know, we say everyone knows everyone, but, you know, nearly everyone does know everyone. So for me, and that was back in the early 90s, I understood that I personally needed to be hanging around. An at, expert. You needed yes, to be the expert. You but needed, I needed to, to be, be the influencer. Seen. So, you know, if there was a dance competition, I would make sure I was there every day because everyone knew me and when they needed to go to a shop, they would remember my store first. So, oh, it is it is a, a can of worms <laughs> that we've delved It depends delved on the business. Here. It really depends yeah, on the absolutely. business. Absolutely. Yeah. Because I guess if a lot of people said, oh, you know, a retail, retail store doesn't need a brand, I would still say, well, depending on, you know, on what. Because again, going back to Gary Vaynerchuk, that's how we built the brand, you know, Wine Library TV is how he built he well, one of the ways that he built his father's liquor store. So, mm. yeah, super interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Um, there's a few different ways you can approach it, right? But I think what we can take from this conversation is you definitely don't want to be the business per se. Yeah, but I guess no, – let me rephrase that. You definitely don't want to – be want to want to leave your day job and go out and say I am the business I'm going to be famous and that's my business I'm going to be an influencer like you know what I mean yeah absolutely so going back to the point that you made quite early in um in the interview and I I loved it back then but it was you know what's the outcome that you're trying to achieve and be very focused on that mm. yeah, yeah that's right yeah love it so 
you haven't been in business for a gazillion years, but you've learned, I'm guessing, a bazillion lessons. So if there was one piece of advice that you wish someone had shared with you at the beginning of your business journey, what would it be? Uh, only take advice from people that have achieved the things that you want to achieve. Oh, it's fabulous advice. Because everyone's got an opinion. Yeah. Uncle Joe down at the barbecue always has an opinion. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Nathan, thank you so much for chatting with me today. I've loved the little banter that we've got into. It's been super insightful, very valuable. Um, how can my listeners stay connected with you and Founder Magazine? And I believe you've got Founder version 1.0, the book coming out soon. Uh, yeah. So if um, people would like to know more, you can just go to founder.com, F-O-U-N-D-R.com. If you'd like to check out our uh, coffee table book, physical, it's our first physical product and uh, it's compiled with the greatest lessons uh, from all the entrepreneurs of our generation that we've interviewed from, you know, 40 plus back issues of the magazine all rolled together in a beautifully designed book. You can go to foundermag, F-O-U-N-D-R-M-A-G.com forward slash book, and uh, you can pre-order a copy. Uh, we're doing shipping in April, and uh, thank you so much, Samantha, for supporting that project. That was a great outcome. I really appreciate you know, just everyone in our community, yourself included, that's, that's been so kind and, and given us your attention and, and also supported the project. It's um, been a really, really fun project and a rewarding one. Well, I did want to say congratulations on achieving over $200,000 on your Indiegogo campaign. That was phenomenal. Oh, thank you. Yeah, look, it was on Kickstarter. It was on Kickstarter. We did it, two hundred grand, but then we moved it to Indiegogo in demand. Mm, you're, you've certainly achieved a lot in a few short years and um, I super look forward to watching where you're going to go and, and what ends up happening with Founder down the track as it evolves and changes. Oh, thank you so much. Well, look, I really appreciate your time and opportunity and uh, I'll speak to you soon. Thanks, Nathan. Are you a coach or consultant who wants everyone to know who you are? Head over to theaccelerantgroup.com and grab your free copy of the Brand Builder Formula. Get ready to accelerate your business results. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Unlimited Influence Podcast. You'll find the show notes over at theaccelerantgroup.com. It's your time to shine.